everyone. Welcome to another edition of Bavada's At Odds Podcast. My name is Seth Everett. I'm your podcast host. And the head odds maker of Bavada Sportsbook is Patrick Morrow. Patrick, did you ever catch up on sleep? Have you slept yet? The election took up oh, everybody's week. I couldn't get a Sports with Friends guest to save my life because everybody was watching the election. You were watching it too, of course. And so was everybody at Bavada. Yeah, so my plan uh, the Wednesday morning after the election was to do, you know, a nice fancy report recap, you know, biggest bet event ever, how much we won, how much we lost. Looked like it was going to be a big loser when I went to bed uh, Tuesday night. Uh, Trump seemed to be up big in a lot of states, but, you know, the networks did rightly caution us to be wary of... uh, of uh, the mail-in coming, which they had certainly prepped us for leading into it. So there was some good back and forth. It was a very difficult event to try and trade live odds on as the night progressed. But uh, overall, uh, it's it was a bit odd waking up Wednesday morning and saying, okay, we, we still don't know who's won. Thursday, we don't really know who's won. Friday, we don't know who's won. I had planned to be off Thursday and Friday and, you know, go outside. I think I told you my big post-election plan was to get rid of all cable news and, uh, you know, get rid of the screens a little bit, try and enjoy what little good weather we have left. And, uh, well, here we are, the Tuesday after the election, seven days. And, I mean, we have a called president. We have all major news networks. We have Associated Press. Everyone seemingly, but the president and the Republican Party themselves that are willing to say that Joe Biden won the election. And this puts us in a bit of a pickle at Bovada as uh, breaking with tradition here, the president not conceding the election. We kind of have to wait to settle these events until we have certified votes or uh, some sort of concession, which doesn't seem to be coming from Donald Trump. So at Bovada, again, we have the biggest bet on sporting event ever or any kind of event, however, it felt like a sport, some of those debates, and we cannot settle it. So this has been a a bit unfortunate. We have actually put up some of the odds up uh, just to kind of tickle uh, players fancy a little bit for some of these states on the off chance that Trump's legal Hail Mary has even a sniff of credibility. I don't think so, but uh, I mean, our betters seem to think so. This is one thing that as we've continued to keep odds up since the Saturday projection, we continue to get Trump money on. So I'm not quite sure what people are expecting from this, but it has captivated a lot of people and certainly kept us busy at Bovada, a lot busier than I was uh, expecting to be uh, this far away from the election. So technically, you know, when, when, when an election is a landslide, it's very simple because everybody knows what's going to happen. And the certification is actually just, uh, you know, the formality of the whole thing. In this case, can, can it all be settled just by the certification or does Trump have to concede? Because a lot of people have said, including Joe Biden, have said um, he can say whatever he wants. It doesn't matter that the transition's going. And I mean, no offense to Bavada, it's much more in, uh, concerning that uh, Joe Biden's not getting security briefings. But other than that, uh, there needs to be some kind of end game to this whole thing. What is it? Is it the certification? We are hoping, and the certification is our first uh, goalpost, so to speak, uh, to make this easier. I mean, theoretically, we might have to wait until the electoral college electors uh, actually elevate Joe Biden and elect him to president. I mean, that is technically how we look at it. But our first uh, jumping off point that would allow us to settle this so-called early would be if the certified votes were to put uh, Joe Biden over the edge at 270. 
uh, with so many lawsuits going, and I'm sure in the time that we've already started talking about this, the Trump campaign has probably uh, sent out some more. Uh, we might see some of those state certification dates move. I think that is uh, one of the things that happened in Florida. We're all scrambling to try and look at uh, the one thing in our in modern uh, memory when something close to this happened, although that was only one state, not uh, the widespread fraud that the Trump campaign is alleging to have occurred. So, I mean, we do have state certification dates. They are between mid and late November. We're hoping that if there's no movement on those, again, they moved in uh, 2000 after... Uh, I believe the Bush campaign. I can't even remember which one, and I don't even want to relitigate that one. Oh, there's a great documentary. If I can just plug a documentary that I don't know oh, anybody yeah. in it, uh, it's on HBO, and uh, it might just be HBO Max for that matter, because I that's how I see HBO. It's called 537 Votes, and it uh, deals with uh, the Bush Gore uh, 2000 election, and it deals with Florida, and it explains exactly what went down in Florida, not just with the recount with everything leading up to it. And you'll see the parallels. And I'll tell you real fast, um, the Elian Gonzalez story is a fascinating one. Uh, this little kid uh, tried to escape Cuba with his mom and he, his mom uh, perishes in, 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 the, in the trip, but he's on this like raft and he comes to uh, Florida. He's reunited with his father and they want him, or no, 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 he's reunited with his family, but his father's back in Cuba. And President Clinton, who wasn't running for re-election, uh, thinks that the boy needs to go back to Cuba. Al Gore was against that. But in the ads that went to Miami, they said, whatever you got with Clinton, you get with Gore. And they called Al Gore a socialist. See the parallel? Mm. And, and, they, and in Cuba, because my father's from Cuba, so I know that whole area. And... In Cuba, the people who have fled there, they are so against Castro and his oh, regime. Yeah. The word socialist is disgusting. And when the and the Republicans thought of it in 2000 and they made these ads calling Al Gore a socialist. And that's why Florida went the way it went and was so close. And you think about it, 537 votes. That's the name of the documentary. But that's the, the difference between Bush and Gore. And that's the difference in the presidency. That's incredible because I it's remember incredible. the Elian Gonzalez story, but I was not even aware at that time uh, that that, you know, and, and I am aware of, you know, Miami and the Cuban community down there. Yeah. And uh, certainly, certainly, certainly. And that was raised again uh, in this past election, socialism yep. and how that same just, thing. You know, Biden's a socialist and they called him a socialist. And there's no truth to that. He's not even he's not even close to Bernie Sanders uh, policies, but it doesn't matter. You said it enough times that people bought it and Trump won Florida. Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, one of the few contested states that uh, or few non-contested states, pardon me, that uh, we were actually able to settle. So that was kind of like the you know, it, it, it's difficult because we've tried to get through we ended up with like 165 different ways to bet the election which at the time seemed <laughs> that's amazing great. yeah that's it was, amazing but now we've got all this stuck on the board so we're uh, wondering if we outsmarted ourselves a little bit but we're kind of we're kind of going with uh you know for states that weren't contested by either party that uh you know we, we hope that they're safe to settle because yeah again we're gonna find ourselves in a spot of ovada 
because, you know, once we grade something, if we grade it as a win for you, we're not going to take it back. So right. that is the conundrum that we have is that anything that we grade Biden right now, if Trump pulls it off, we're paying out both sides if we grade Biden right now, which would, uh, for the biggest betting event ever, uh, that would be very problematic for us. And I, what I'm going to ask you is going to sound crazy, but, but as we transition to the future now, uh, and <laughs> there is these two Senate elections in Georgia, and they could determine the, uh, the, the power of the United States Senate. Oh, we've got and, odds up on that. <laughs> yeah, that, there you go. That was my question. What's on Bovada? Uh, you, uh, you already have odds? Yeah, that's right. So we have the Republicans as uh, about 65% favorites in both those races. Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue are minus 215 and minus 275, respectively. Uh, the Democrats, of course, need to win both of those to force a 50-50 tie and gain control of the Senate. So as a result of the Republicans being both greater than about 66 to 70% favorites in those two races, we do have the Republicans at minus 450 to control the Senate. So that will be uh, quite the interesting, uh, you know, potential congressional or I just overall uh, political uh, makeup post inauguration. I mean, you could be a Biden presidency. You could have a Republican Senate. Uh, there's this idea that, you know, maybe oh that, uh, you know, maybe they can work together. I mean, if there's a fear that he's a far left socialist, which of course we know he's not, um, there's, some of these reports coming out that McConnell might be more interested in working with Biden than he was with Obama. I mean, I don't even know. I, 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 we've talked about this before. I consume way too much. I don't think I properly digest <laughs> any of it anymore, which is why I'm trying to get away from all these screens. But uh, of course, of course, of course, 2020, I'm going to be stuck in front of them. It would be, I would say at least until November 17th. Uh, that's one of our next props. Will Trump concede the election by November 17th? Oh, there's uh, a, the prop exists. Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, it's it's great that we were able to put it up, though. It's five to one. Yes, that he concedes by, well, next Tuesday oh, no or way. I guess next Wednesday. So we're not <laughs> expecting any quick resolution to this. So, uh, yeah, no, that that's OK. I, I didn't want to uh, take a little vacation and go outside anyways. This is and, and then as we transition to sports, uh, one of the senators that's uh, up for reelection is Kelly Loeffler, uh, and she is the owner of the WNBA's Atlanta Dream. And if you want to know what her team thinks of their owner, just Google that. I bet and they're big fans. <laughs> they're not big fans. So <laughs> if you're a sports fan, you're going to see a lot of WNBA people and NBA people uh, getting involved in Georgia. I wouldn't be surprised if the Atlanta Hawks get involved. Uh, who knows? It's going to be a very slippery slope and it's going to be some of the nastiest political stuff you've ever seen. And it's all coming in two months. And it's very easy to understand. It's two races, both in the same state. And uh, I, I do reports sometimes for the Georgia News Network, and I'm going to have to do sports reports with a little bit of who's winning in the races, because that, that could literally decide just how effective a presidency uh, Biden has. And that, that's, that's even fascinating. Oh, it, the whole thing is so wild. Uh, all right, sports, sports. Come on, you subscribe to this for sports. Uh, week 10 in the NFL, and uh, we'll start it off in Tennessee with the Thursday night game where the Tennessee Titans take on the Indianapolis Colts, the Colts with, a, I would say, comeback player of the year candidate, Phillip Rivers, against this Titans squad that has been really, really good. Uh, tell me about Titans, Colts, and Bavada. Yeah, so we actually do have, uh, before we jump into the game, we actually do have comeback player of the year odds right now. And okay. Phillip Rivers is, uh, he's right in the mix. He's up there at 10 to 1. Uh, 
We do have uh, Alex Smith out there right now at minus 250, just because it seems to be uh, QB by triage in Washington right now. But yeah, going back to that Titans game, uh, Titans again have looked really, really good this year. Uh, really impressive stuff. Uh, they played really well against the Steelers. Probably could have pulled that one out if things had broken uh, a little bit differently. And uh, yeah, I, you know, hopefully this continues to be a bit of a trend of decent Thursday night games, although I haven't looked too uh, far ahead. Uh, Titans currently in this one, two point favorites at Bovada and getting an overwhelming uh, 85% of the handle so far. So not a lot of love for the Colts in this one. Now, as we move to Sunday and to a mania, he is the biggest deal going on, not just in South Florida, but he's a big deal in Alabama still because the Crimson Tide are cruising. Their game was canceled this week because of COVID-19 against LSU. And the Miami Dolphins are five and three, and they look like they're headed to a playoff spot. They're taking on a, a team that's been very disappointed in the Chargers. Uh, it's a home game for Miami, and Miami's just a slight favorite. Yeah, it's, it's a weird one. Uh, the Chargers have, uh, they've, they've looked good for good chunks of most of the games they've played. Justin Herbert has looked uh, really good under center as well. Uh, obviously taking over for Tyrod Taylor, who unfortunately lost his job by no doing of his own. But uh, yeah, I mean, how, how fun was that Dolphins-Arizona uh, game on the weekend? Really back and forth, high scoring. Kyler Murray, just so impressive, both throwing and running the ball. Uh, it's really, uh, you know, I think before the season started, we thought uh, the Bills would be right there in the AFC East. Obviously, they had a playoff spot last year. I think we thought that the Patriots and Bill Belichick, uh, well, I know I, I definitely thought, and I think I may, maybe even said so as much uh, on this show, that, uh, you know, what better coach to figure out uh, – the minefield of the Corona off season than Bill Belichick uh, and with three wins, probably not going to get there because of how well teams like Miami have done this year. And I think that'll be one of the better matchups. We only have the dolphins as three point favorites. Cause we do think that despite the chargers record that they are better than uh, better than that record, I guess is what I'm trying to say that, you know, they have kind of disappointed, which historically is their move. They don't quite play up to their potential or at least finish according to what we think their X's nose potential are. As a result, Dolphins only three-point favorites, about 55% of the money on the Miami Dolphins right now. There's some really intriguing matchups out West, including the Rams hosting the Seahawks. That's almost an even matchup. Uh, the Seahawks coming in six and two, smarting after their loss last week. But here come the Rams at home where they're unbeaten at home. Uh, Seahawks, Rams, and after that, we can do Bills, Cardinals, seven and two against the five and three Cardinals who are also in the playoff hunt. Yeah, I mean, gosh, the Seahawks, uh, Russell Wilson, he just put up great numbers. Yeah, just unfortunate a couple of the drives that couldn't quite finish especially uh, right there in the, in the red zone uh I, I mean the seattle defense really is the problem and uh for a team that uh for the last five ten years has been known for a big brash beat them up kind of defense you know this is a couple seasons now where it's been quite easy to light them up and one of the reasons why russell wilson has had to be as dynamic as he has been uh you know, the Rams look like a pretty decent matchup for the Seahawks in this spot. They look like they've righted the ship from the down season that they've had uh, the year prior coming off the Super Bowl loss to the Patriots. Uh, we're currently looking at the L.A. Rams minus one and a half. So a very, very slight favorite at home. Seahawks getting a ton and ton of money right now, just under 80 percent on the Seahawks in that game. What about the other one just down south? The Cardinals at five and three. Uh, taking on that Buffalo Bills squad that seems to be getting better as time goes on. That's a great matchup. Josh Allen against Kyler Murray. 
fantastic matchup. And I think uh, the fact that it's currently lined as the Cardinals minus two at Bovada, whenever you get any point spread under three, you're really, you know, you're trying to attribute something to perhaps, uh, I was going to say home court advantage, but home field advantage in this spot. Although I don't know how many fans will be in attendance for that game in Tempe. Is it Tempe or Phoenix that where they play? No, Phoenix, of course. Anyways, yeah, I'm mixing up my college and NFL. They're playing so- technically in Glendale. Glendale, yes. State Farm Stadium. Glendale. I think I did a weird attribution there because the Phoenix Coyotes playing Glendale too. Is that correct? Correct. 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 Okay. So I'm, I'm giving myself like five and the degrees. the Arizona of, Coyotes. That's right. I was giving myself like five degrees of acceptability as to, you know, why I can get away with this. But uh, anyways. And I Arizona, don't want to alienate sports towns, but there is a great race. One day you and I can have it when, when sports calms down and there's no election. What you could do. What is the, the, the best worst sports town between Phoenix, Arizona, Miami, Florida, and Atlanta, Georgia. Those three areas do not support all the teams that they have, and there's nothing anybody can say to dispute that. That's not even an opinion question. That is, there are documented facts that there are teams, pro teams, that do not get supported. And all you have to say is, what happened to the Atlanta Flames, the Atlanta Thrashers? Tell me who goes to a Florida Panthers game and... Arizona Diamondbacks, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it almost seems uh, like the audacity of ownership and like really it's like getting away from the sport. Like, you know, how much can we get out of taxpayers to build this monument to something that people won't even go and see? But, uh, you know, hopefully we start trying away from the future. So, yeah, back to Bill's Cardinals. I, I, I do think, uh, you know, that's a really great matchup there. The Cardinals five and three, Bill's seven and two. A high over under there as well, uh, over under 56 right now, our highest total of the week. And no surprise with these two high flying offenses, that is all is also the most bet over under of the week so far, with about 85% on the over. So this is one of those rare games. Usually, uh, if we're talking about an NFL Sunday game or any day of the week that we're playing NFL, your largest decision is going to be on a side who's going to win, who's going to cover. But this is a rare example of uh, folks not quite knowing who's going to come out ahead, but they're thinking points and they're thinking a lot of them. So again, over under 56 at Bovada right now and about 85% of the money on the over. And the Sunday night game up in Foxborough, the Patriots, who I'll I'll be honest, didn't impress me all that much in their Monday night victory uh, against the hapless Jets. Uh, They're taking on uh, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, who again, Lamar Jackson, look, they've had a hiccups, but they're a big favorite against New England. How would you play that game? Yeah, that's a tough one. And man, I, you know what? There was a part, uh, certainly through, I guess, the first three quarters of that Patriots-Jets game where I really thought, okay, are the Patriots uh, tanking for Trevor as well? Is that, what, is that what's happening here? And uh, oh my goodness, oh, I, I hate to speak in hyperbole, but it really seems like only the Jets could have blown that Monday night game. It seems like the, you know, the Patriots are now a reluctant three and five. And as a result, probably out of the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, if they lost last night and then blew their next game against the Jets, they would have been right there. But, you know, it's hard to tell, uh, you know, 50 plus players on your active roster to, uh, you know, go out there and lie down, even if it looked like that's what they were doing for three quarters on Monday night football. Looking to that Sunday night game at Bovada, the Ravens are currently seven and a half point road favorites. They are taking about 75% of the money. Um, You know, Patriots defense, besides last night, uh, they'd actually looked uh, not so bad this year. And, uh, you know, you you look at uh, games against uh, the Raiders where they played quite well and were able to do 
you know, you just kind of wonder if they will ever be able to figure out consistently. I mean, that's one thing that the Patriots have is that they clearly have room to improve. I think uh, the Ravens are certainly, uh, you know, they are what they are, which is a very good team. Don't get me wrong. But I think, uh, you know, Bill Belichick, you know, I think he can game plan for a game like this. Uh, but, you know, I'm not putting money on it personally. I'm staying away. Currently, we're seeing about 65% of the money on the Ravens minus seven and a half at Bovada. As we head to the college ranks, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I don't know how the SEC is going to do this because LSU already has a game rescheduled against Florida uh, on December 12th, which was like the open date. Remember, we talked about that for the NFL, build an open date for cancellations like this. Alabama, LSU, Texas A&M, Tennessee, uh, Auburn, Mississippi State are all postponed uh, as a result of COVID-19 testing. And at this stage of the game, how does that play into, you know, the, the national championship and the college football playoff and all of these things? And again, I have been very pro NFL. I've been very against college. Right. Yeah, no, I, I think this week uh, the C and SEC definitely stands for Corona. As, uh, gosh, we've, we were moving lines based on uh, you know, players being in and out, then suspending lines while waiting for more information. Uh, it has been, I mean, the, and, and, and you're right. I, I think there's a difference between being able to sign up for something and these players uh, like they are in the NFL and these players in college who are, you know, this might be their one chance. And, uh, you know, gosh, I, I can't recall if it was Wisconsin or Ohio State. I think it was Ohio State before the season started. We're trying to get uh, players to sign waivers uh, with regards to Corona, which was just brutal. But it, it does go to show that and I think you and I have both been consistent about this, that uh, you know, college pretty much is pro. And I think the money those networks rake in certainly speaks to that. But uh, from an odds making point of view, yeah, what a challenge. And I mean, that really was reinforced. Uh, last week, Clemson, Notre Dame, Trevor Lawrence not playing in that game. And that shifts everything. That, uh, that was your presumptive Heisman favorite, who's now behind Justin Fields. Uh, you can now get uh, Trevor Lawrence at uh, nine to two to be the Heisman. Heisman winner. And yeah, it, it changes your entire outlook on the season. It really, I mean, the fact that you could just lose such an impactful player like that, I think once uh, uh, Trevor was ruled out for that game, it, it moved the presumed point spread by seven points in early look ahead lines. So when you're looking at, uh, you know, such massive movement, it is, it's brutal. I, I, I mean, this is something where I've told all our guys, Hey, listen, you know, we're building custom tweet deck columns to ensure that we're getting this information. Because as I told you a, a moment ago, that what we got to do is close this right away. Be quick on these COVID announcements. Cause you could lose, you know, the entire offensive line, you could lose 10 players. And then of course, after we close it, we try and go bet it somewhere else. Yeah. It's certainly crazy in college football. And like I said, I've been against this from the start. I mean, the whole thing is just stinking weird. Uh, meanwhile, there is the masters this week, the final major of the uh, golf season. Uh, this is so strange. It's November and we're talking masters. And if you're uh, get, listen to my sports with friends podcast, we do a full length preview of it this week. You can find it on uh, anywhere. You can find podcasts. Um, what do you make of the masters in November? And tiger woods was the last person to win the masters. And that was 18 months ago. Yeah. It's uh, you know what? It's, We've just learned to kind of roll with things in 2020 at this point. You know what? It looks like uh, conditions, and I mean, granted, this can change. The effect of this was that the NFL is due the 4 p.m. slot 
on Sunday, which they never do, even though every fan hates having 10 games at one and then two or three at the clock slot. It's crazy to think that we are playing this. Uh, Bison DeChambeau is the favorite at plus 750. The hero to any one of us is the most in Tiger Woods. And this has been something that's been true for as long as we've been trading golf at Pavada, as long as I've been watching it, Tiger Woods gets bet on no matter what. Tiger Woods could be out there with one leg. He is out there at 33 to one. And uh, every time he wins anything, we lose a bunch of money. And that is the case there as well. So uh, Bryson DeChambeau, the biggest bet, uh, Tiger Woods, or sorry, Tiger Woods, the biggest bet, Bryson DeChambeau right there with him. Uh, otherwise, Brooks Kepka at 16 to one, getting a lot of handle. And uh, Ricky Fowler as well at 66 to one. They make up our biggest liabilities. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be fascinating. I'm looking forward to, I, I played a lot of golf this summer, more than I ever did, because you couldn't do anything else. And uh, so I've, I think I've got a newfound appreciation for what these guys are going to be doing uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and hopefully we have a fantastic final round on Sunday. That would be great. And uh, the Masters is certainly drama at its best, and it's a hard course, and everybody knows it. But in November with the winds, and who knows what's going to happen uh, with this one, it should be very, very strange. Uh, that'll do it for this edition of the Bavada at Odds podcast. Once again, the head odds maker at Bavada is Patrick Morrow. My name is Seth Everett. We will see you next week. Thank you.